And we're so happy that you're here this morning. And, you know, I'm pumped for the summer season. And the reason I'm excited, just like Marco's excited, because during the summer is when the time missionaries come back from the field and they come and they tell us what God is doing where they're serving. And, um, you know, last week we had, you know, Pacquiao, he was here. Then right after this, he went to Northern Cal uh, for a week, and now he's in Seattle. Then after that, he's going to go to Michigan, and then he's going to go to Texas. But this is a time when missionaries, they come back, and they tell us what God is doing. And so what we do is we schedule them, you know, when they're here in Los Angeles, because we don't know how long they're going to be here, because they're going all over uh, the country. But... You know, I think part of um, the inspiration is we want to be ascending church because we know that God does something to you when you go on missions. For example, how many of you have gone on a missions trip, short-term uh, missions trip out of this country? Could you stand? Could you stand? If you've been on a, um, a missions trip, short-term, long-term missions trip. Okay, look around this room. You know, you see various ages of people. But if you ask each one of them, God will tell you that he did something to their lives when they went on that missions trip. So thank you. You could be uh, seated right now. So you don't have to be retired to go on a a missions trip. You know, it's like, don't say, I'm going to wait till I have time. You know, the answer is now. And, you know, it's interesting. Pa Kep was here and he went to Disneyland. He's never been to Los Angeles. He's never seen anything like that. Now, when you come to a, from a country where there's poverty and there's orphans that he's trying to take care of, and you see Disneyland, it's like, whoa. And he just went to all of these restaurants. And one of the things he was saying is, why would anyone want to leave the United States to go to Southeast Asia, where it's hot, muggy, mosquitoes, the food's not as good? But he said people are going. Okay, he said it's not you, Bakap. Well, I get Bakap when he, he had a stake here, and so for him, he was just in heaven because you don't have that in Myanmar, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, you know, he was saying that. Why would we do that? Because God's work needs to be done. And so many times here in the United States, we get so caught up in the things that we have, trying to keep the things that we have, worrying about getting the things that we think we need. We forget, or we don't see that God is working. And it's wonderful for us to hear from people who see God work in miraculous ways, to inspire us that, yes, God is still out there, and yes, God is doing amazing things. And so today, we have the privilege of hearing from Luke and Angelica Walker, who are doing um, missions um, in the Philippines, whom we support. And so would you please join me in welcoming both of them as we hear about what God's doing through what their work is. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you all. It's so neat to just join what God has already been doing in this community, in this church, and just just to pick up where some of these other missionaries have left off and to pick up on what God is saying and the things that he's leading you into as a community. I wish we could stick around for another month and a half to be part of worship nights and VBS and all those things because God is at work here just as much as he's at work in Cebu and Myanmar and all these other places. So it's an honor to, to just join what God is doing here. So 
As Pastor Dave already introduced us, I'm Luke. This is Angelica. We are missionaries in Cebu, Philippines. If you're familiar with the Philippines, it's kind of the central island. Um, Cebu's the long, skinny one in the middle there. Uh, we're in Cebu City. It's a population of about 3 million people, probably a lot more than that, but 3 million that they counted, and growing exceedingly, as well as the traffic growing exceedingly. So we're not missing L.A., but we never thought we'd miss L.A. traffic until we got to Cebu. We're like, well, at least traffic's not bad. At least you're going somewhere. So we, uh, being an island, we sit in traffic for a good hour, hour and a half, and we've really only gone just down the street. So uh, <laughs> we're thankful for uh, the Lord's provision and giving us uh, transportation and all those things. But we just thank you for letting us be with you today. Um, you know, our, our vision, our mission statement is cultivating communities that reflect the truth, the grace, the hope, and the unconditional love of Jesus. And, and what that means for us is this idea of community, is, is creating space, becoming, somebody gave us this word this week that I really have held on to, becoming bridge spacers. We're bridge spacers um, for every step of people's journey. And so cultivating a place where people can come wherever they are on that scale, whether they're, they're curious and they're just kind of sitting back and watching. Maybe some of you in here today. Right? Or maybe they're, they're asking questions. They say, I don't know what this Jesus is all about, but I see this white guy here, and he's got some message, so I'm going to stick around a little longer and see what that's about. Or, or maybe it's a community of, of people who are following Jesus, and they're discovering, what does that really look like? Okay, I, I, I prayed this prayer. I, I said, okay, God, I'm going to follow you, but now what? And we get to come alongside, and we get to say, Here, here's what's next. And we get to say, look, God has given you this special and this unique gift and this unique anointing to, to worship him through your life and through everything that you do. And so well, that's our vision of cultivating community. It's becoming a place, creating a space, being bridge spacers to come along people wherever they are in the journey. So we're not necessarily church planters. We're the bridge steppers to help people who are maybe not in church yet or who are going in church but just need a little extra on the side to keep, to keep growing in that with the idea of let's plug into what God is doing through the local church to reach the surrounding city of Cebu. So, real quick, some of the communities that we're investing in, that we're plugging into, is one's called Glory Reborn. It's actually a maternity clinic. Um, I don't do any of that side, the medical side of it, so I oversee the, the mission side of it. So, although I've probably seen and heard more than I need to hear about a lot of things, so... We'll just leave it at that. But uh, my, my vision, my work there is overseeing um, the mission work. And so that is, is everything from going to dump site communities where a lot of our patients come to um, doing a lot of home visits where we get to just actually get in the homes of, of where our patients, where these moms, where their families are living and, and really get the reality of what situation they're coming from and how best we can serve them, not just medically, but how we can really assess and meet their spiritual needs as well. Um, but even more than that, my focus is, is with our staff. So we have about 30 staff members at Glory Reborn. Um, that come on, they sign on to be nurses and midwives and doctors and security guards and drivers. And um, before you know it, they're the ones who are praying for the woman who came in off the red light district and is pregnant and needs somebody to minister to. Those who are coming from the, the dump site and have nothing but are experiencing the love of Jesus. And they're the ones that are coming alongside to pray with them and sharing the good news of God. And um, so I, my heart is to just invest in them, to pour 
foreign to them to, to speak life and truth of Jesus into them and watch them grow and come alive in those things as they not only get better in their medical skills, but as they grow in what it looks like to be Jesus to these moms and to these babies. Um, Angelica is also cultivating community where she's at. She's going to share a little more of that, but she's in medical school there. She just finished her second year of medical school. You can give her a round of applause for that, making it through, yeah. I'll let her share more about that. Uh, And then one of the other communities we're involved in is um, Children of Hope School. It's a school connected to an orphanage there in Cebu. And so I get to come in one day a week on Wednesdays and teach music. And it's been really neat to just see the way that God has used that desire to raise up worshipers in the nations um, through this school. I always wondered, how is that going to work? That's always been the heart. Like, raise up worshipers in the nations. And Lord, how do I do that when I'm only in one nation? And, well, here's how. You get plugged into an orphanage, and you invest in these kids, and you teach them what it looks like to be a worshiper. You train them in, in skills, and then you watch them get adopted into families and be sent to Switzerland and Sweden and Australia and Nashville, Tennessee. And so we've got, we've got twang and all sorts of accents of worship happening. And so it's just really neat the way that God takes our willingness and our desires and, and uses them for something so much bigger than we could have ever thought or imagined. I'll get back to my script before I go too far there. So, uh, why? why? Why cultivate community? Why are we doing this? And really the simple answer is that's how we grew. That's how we got to where we are today. We had people, bridge spacers, come alongside us and say, you know what, I see God doing something inside of you and I'm going to give you a place to grow in that gift. And um, as, a, as a young kid, be having a place to, to pick up a guitar and follow along and, and say, you know what, there's something to this. I think God is stirring my heart to this. And then somebody to come alongside and listen to us and, and let us ask these questions and wrestle with our faith and, and grow in our wisdom and understanding and our knowledge of God in a safe place to, to grow and to practice some of these gifts. And and, and learn from others. And so Mission Valley has been one of those places for us. Um, I've connected with Mission Valley for, looking back, it's probably over 10 years now, off and on, which is incredible when you think about it. So I went to Azusa Pacific University and um, through connections and friends and people ended up coming and being part of some worship things here. And so I just want to thank you all for being one of those bridge steppers for me in my life and getting me to where I am today, from a young worship leader to someone now who's just trying to follow Jesus in Cebu. So Mission Valley has a special place in my heart, and so it's great to be back every year. Like you, we get a chance once a year to come up here. So uh, this is my chance, and so I'm going to hang on to this for a little longer. But uh, (laughs) So it's good. It's good to see new faces, and it's good to see familiar faces as well. Um, And when I was looking at your bulletin and your mission statement, and uh, your website as well, the mission statement... It's very similar to ours. Ours is cultivating communities that reflect the truth, hope, grace, and unconditional love of Jesus. And yours says, becoming a loving community, inviting and challenging people to move towards Christ. So today, as we share, I pray that the words that are spoken would, would encourage us. They would invite us. They would challenge us, each one of us, to love Jesus more to fall more in love with Jesus. And as we do, and as we're increasingly changed by this power of the gospel, that we would be invited and that we too would be compelled to take another step forward, whatever that step may be for you, towards helping people move towards Christ in the communities, neighborhoods, schools, businesses, wherever God has planted you. 
And this is the beauty of the gospel, right? This is the beauty of the church, the body of Christ, is that we're all in this together. It's not just missionaries in Cebu or missionaries going to Brazil, but it's, it's us. We're in this together. So everything we share today, it's, it's not us. It's what God is doing in us, all right? So I want to keep that in mind as, as we talk and as we share and as we challenge one another that we're challenging ourselves and we're challenging you all to, to partner with God in what he's doing. So if you, have, if you have put your faith, your trust in Jesus, and you know the gospel is truly this life-altering good news that we're all here today, we're all fellow ministers of Christ, I know that many in this room are, and I believe that many more through those who are sitting in this room today will be. And so these mission statements, cultivating community, becoming a community, they're not just these catchy phrases. They're not just these simple little hook lines. You know, songwriters, you write that, you just got to get that hook that draws you in every time, right? So that's not what these things are about. That's not what these, these are not just to memorize and to recite or to fit nicely on our bulletins and websites, but they're not just to draw people into our churches, but they're fueled by that unwavering belief in the power of God to touch and change lives through the gospel. As I know you were heard last week and were challenged by last week. So Pastor Dave has uh, asked us to, to use our story to share a little bit about the courage it takes to follow God, to follow Jesus, to live in step with the Holy Spirit, and the blessing that we experience as we do. And so we could think of no better place to start than, than right where you left off last week, knowing the power of the message we proclaim and how it has led us to where we are today. So I'm going to start right where you, you ended last week in Romans chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God has been revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So I'm going to turn it over to Angelica and let her share a little bit. But would you just pray real quick with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this gospel. We thank you that it is the power of God to change lives, to change nations. Lord, to stir up dreams and visions and create new identities. Father, we praise you for church. We praise you for family. We praise you for community. God, we thank you for, for these statements, Lord. We thank you for the unwavering belief in the power of, of what you are doing to touch and change lives through this gospel. Would you speak through us today? Lord, would we all come out of this mutually encouraged and challenged to take steps forward? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Angelica, like Luke had just introduced me. And it is so good just to be here with you, to worship with all of you, and just... Uh, to just share what the Lord's been doing in Cebu and with us. And um, I just wanted to take the first part in talking about the courage it takes to follow God into his purposes, his unique purpose for each and every one of you. And as Luke and I were preparing for this talk and just thinking, what did that look like for us, you know, to become a missionary and to go out? And we, we don't often get the opportunity to hear a person's journey to that and the wrestling the the questions the fears the the worries that go along with it and um as we we talked about it and I thought even about my own journey it wasn't just one big you know I had a dream and the Lord just came in with a booming voice and saying Angelica these are my plans for you and you know laid it out but it was Though I did have a dream and the Lord did speak to me, it was only one part. 
And what I've learned in this journey is that it's just a continual process. It's a lifelong commitment to being obedient to Jesus. And that obedience is really just cultivating a heart of surrender. And so when I look back on the different points of of Jesus leading me through that to make the decision, you know what, I I feel him calling me to Cebu. I feel him calling us together to marriage and building his kingdom together. It was all steps because we all carry fears. We all carry hurts and brokenness, and it shapes our decisions. It shapes the way we go. But thank God that he is so full of grace and mercy that he can make crooked paths straight. And I didn't quite understand that until, you know, looking back on this journey and seeing how, like, I thought it was this. But then the Lord's like, no, I think it's this. And then we go, we deviate and we wander, but then it's, he leads us straight into his purpose as we are obedient. And, you know, it reminds me of that story in Matthew in the book, um, in chapter 14, 25 through 33, and where you just see um, the disciples going to the other side of the lake, and you have Jesus on the water, and they're so scared, they're thinking he's a ghost, and and but Jesus says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid, and so you have Peter answering him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water, so when you hear that, I hear I didn't even think about it until I was reading through this and realized Peter knew and he was saying, Lord, what would you have me do? Come, command me, show me the way. And and then you have Jesus just say simply, Come. It's this invitation, just come towards me. And so Peter gets out of the water, he's stepping on the water, and he's stepping towards Jesus. And it's changing the way he thinks of the world because we can't walk on water. We sink right through, we swim, we, we never walk on water. But Jesus is come, calling him deeper to him, deeper into a God that is bigger than this world, bigger than the physical, what we see and hear and can feel. And, and Jesus, but... As Peter takes those steps, all of a sudden he sees the wind, he sees the waves, he, he hears things, he sees things, and it's his fears. They just well up to the point where he is just paralyzed in fear. And so he starts to sink, and he calls out to the Lord, save me, and the Lord still saves him. But then he says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt and to me, those are the deviations that we take in our walk with the Lord. When, whenever the Lord is calling us deeper, he's just saying, come to me. That's all he said. He didn't lay out this whole plan of this is our, my next step in the next miracle that I'm going to do. He just said, come to me. And as we step out in faith, yes, we're going to be challenged with those fears. And I don't believe what I've learned in my journey is that God doesn't want me just to do what he says because that's what he says to do or that's what the Bible tells me to do. No, it's more about my heart. My heart in the moment when God calls me to him and what I do with those fears because those fears really reveal my motives and, and my brokenness. And thank God, thank Jesus that he is our savior, that he enters into that and he says, just come. 
He knows those fears. He knows you better than yourselves. And so all we do is, Lord, I have these fears. I, I'm worried about, you know, even in thinking about, okay, I feel he's calling us to go out into the nations and go to the Philippines. But, Lord, I struggle with, like, I, I was raised in a, a comfortable life. Like, how do I ask people for money? How do I live? How do I do these things? Because they're uncomfortable. But in that, I say, Lord, but I know you're bigger. I know you were bigger than these fears that I have. I know that you were sovereign. And it's from resting in those truths of just saying, Lord, I'm still fearful, but I know you were bigger. I trust more in the bigness of God than the little, like, than what my fears or worries or how they will play out. And so that to me is the courage in taking the step of with fear, of with your anxiety. Courage isn't the absence of those things. Courage is, I know I have these things, I have these brokenness, I have these weaknesses, I have whatever it is. But God, when you are obedient and you surrender that to him, saying, God, I just have this little, he will bless it. And he will bless you and you will experience things that you have never experienced before. You'll be like Peter walking on the water and experience something radical, something you've never experienced in any other way because you took that step of courage of just walking into, Lord, I have these fears, but I know and I trust in your goodness because I've seen it. And just even in that worship song during offering, we just see how you know, you are so amazing and you are the living one and it set my heart ablaze. And that is what courage is, is like, Lord, set my heart ablaze that these fears just, they burn to the ground and, and all that's left is my heart for the Lord. And so, um, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent, but as we walk, I'm just talking, Encourage. It's just a series of those steps. As you pray, Lord, what would you? Where would you lead me? Where in that moment would you have? What would you have me do? It's just I have these fears. Yes, Lord, I admit it. And so, would you still use me nonetheless? Because He will work in that. And we'll talk more on later on the blessings that we receive in taking that step. What does that look like? So, yeah. Amen. I could just sit down and let her talk. That's fine with me. It's good stuff. Good reminder for me. So, yeah, I'm just going to pick up right there. The blessings we experience as we, as we follow God, as we step out, as we take that invitation to come. And when it comes to talking about blessings we experience as we choose to respond to the Spirit's leading and follow where He's leading us, I just want to share the things that have continually come back for us, things that the Lord has constantly reminded us of. We've only been there two and a half years, and these things he's just really trying to drive into our hearts and say, you got to get this. you got to hold on to this. So I'm just going to share those with you, and we're going to try to go through them as quick as possible. But Angelica touched on a few of those. But I just want to start with the first blessing that came to mind when I read your email. Okay, can you talk about the blessings that come with following Jesus? Okay. Blessing that came to mind was the greatest blessing when we step out in faith and courage, surrender and mission, calling of Christ, is that we get to know God more. We get to know God more, and we get to become more like Him in the process. And I know that sounds very simple, and it sounds very elementary, very basic, but let's not forget that when we come to Jesus, when we take that invitation to come, when we come to God, we come to God not to get the blessings, but we come to God to get God. Right? And he becomes our joy. He is our delight. That's why we can sing songs like, take the whole world, 
but give me Jesus. That's all I need, right? Or, or the song, you're all I want, you're all I've ever needed, right? We sing those songs, but wow, what are we saying? God, you really are all I want. Okay, God, I'm going to come because you are my treasure. You are my delight. That is my greatest blessing. I love the prayer A.W. Tozer prayed in his book, uh, The Pursuit of God. He said, we've tasted of your goodness. It's both satisfied us and made us thirsty for more of you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we want to want you. We long to be filled with longing. We thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show us your glory, we pray thee, that we might know you indeed. And man, I've come back to that prayer over and over, and I've been reminded of this. Are you after me? Are you after what this could look like? Is this an idea of yours? But there's an endless ocean of riches and blessings that flow from knowing him. But when we choose to follow Jesus, it's because we have first tasted and seen him as more valuable, more beautiful than any blessings that might follow in John chapter 1, Jesus caused the earliest would-be potential followers of him to, to kind of stop and, and, and think about a question that he asked him. Um, and for the sake of time, I'm going to skip reading this story. But John's disciples are there, and John says, look, behold the Lamb of God. And so they say, okay, well, that's what we've been waiting for, so we're going to start following him. And so Jesus is walking, these, these other disciples are there, and he just he turns around and he looks at them and says, what are you looking for? Huh? What are you looking for? And they said, Rabbi, where are you staying? They didn't answer the question, right? Where are you staying? He said, again, that invitation, come and see. Come and see. What are you looking for? This question forces us to stop. It forces us to examine what genuinely matters most to us. It forces us to to see, is Jesus this one that I'm choosing to follow? Is he the one that I'm really going to desire above all these other things? Or later on, are we going to follow him because of the bread that he gives us? Or do we follow him because he himself is the bread of God? He is the bread of life. And I love that we get a glimpse just in that short few verses there of his heart as he extends that invitation. Come and see. If you're not quite sure, why don't you just come and and see? Why don't you hang around this community and and let me be a, a bridge maker. Let me help you see what this looks like. And then you decide. But, but choose wisely. So consider another missionary, maybe one of the most famous missionaries, the Apostle Paul. Right? Paul says, whatever gains that he made, all the sufferings that he endured and he, as he carried out the gospel, he did so that he might know Christ Jesus, that he might gain Christ, that he might be found in him, and that he might know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Paul had so solidified in his heart, his mind, and his soul that the goal and the prize of following Jesus was Jesus himself. So you could ask him, Paul, why why do you go through all the suffering you do? Why do you get all these beatings all the time? Why do you keep going to these places? Can't you just stay where you are and minister? Can't you just uh, avoid the shipwreck at sea and nights at sea and just stay there? And I think Paul would just answer, well, I do it because I just want to know Jesus more. I want to identify with my Lord and my Savior. I want to cling to him tighter. So what better blessing is there than knowing our precious Jesus more? And Paul, sticking with Paul, his encounter on the road to Damascus was just the beginning. It was just the start of a radical experience to the same invitation that the Father extends to us through Jesus to know and be transformed by the living word of God. 
And once it hit Paul, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Paul, once it hit Paul, it changed him. We know that. We see his life. We see his ministry. You can read about that. But then we also saw how that became his prayer for the communities that he cultivated. He prayed things that, like, like that they would have a spirit of wisdom and of revelation, that they would know Jesus more, that they would be filled with his knowledge and all his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He prayed that Christ might dwell in their hearts through faith, that they, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to understand, to comprehend what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that they, too, might be filled with the fullness of God, that they, too, might find that joy, that delight, that treasure in who he is. And so as we begin to, to know him more, our heart for others to know more begins to grow as well. And we begin to hear and we begin to recognize the Father's voice for the people that he's putting in front of us, right? My sheep hear my voice and they know me. Another voice, a stranger's voice, they're not going to follow, but they know my voice. And we begin to see with his eyes, we begin to see the things that he sees in a way that's different. Right? We begin to share the desires of his heart and we become more like him. I love the verse that says that a disciple is not above its teacher, but the whole goal of this whole discipleship thing is that we become like the teacher. Right? That's the whole goal of this. We do this that we might, we fall in love with Jesus, that we might become more like him and that we might draw others and bring others to experience that same thing. We find true joy, delight, hope, peace, and blessings in the thing that he delights in. Um, so real quick, just a, a story of that is, is really, like I said, just watching God bring us back to that place over and over again. And we, we, go, we go out there and you have this intent and this desire to, to try to love people as Jesus loved people. And we find out very quick that we can't do that on our own. And we spent a lot of time last year talking about how the Lord is bringing us back to this place of abiding in Him. And apart from Him, you can do nothing. And this year, He's brought us to the place of, of saying, okay, good, now just stay in that place. Let your work come from that place of rest. Let your, let your hope come from that place of seeing the promises of God. Let it come from, from out of that. So it's not just abiding, but it's now working out of that place and staying in that. It's changed the way, even for Angelica, in, in mission and medicine. It wasn't adding medicine to, or adding mission to medicine. It was saying, you know what, this is all part of it. I'm doing missions as I'm going to med school. Um, for children's shelter, like I said, it's not about just teaching class. It's about raising of worshipers who are part of us bigger picture that God is doing. So the second blessing, quickly, that comes to mind is that we get to see his glory come. And that's where all these amazing stories come. And that's where we get this name when, when glory is born. This is a picture that as, as Jesus comes and he enters our lives, we're changed. Something happens. He enters in and we're born again. It's the spirit who gives life. And so we become witnesses and instruments of the power and the presence of God everywhere we go. When we're living out of that place of rest, when we're living out of that place of delight in the Father, our good Father, right? Then we begin to experience that in all the places around us. We get to see people stepping into their true identities, discovering their unique expressions of loving and serving Jesus. We get to watch them come alive as lies and labels and burdens that they've been wearing from all the other voices be torn down and replaced with the voice of the Father speaking truth and life over them. We get to see people step into their gifts and callings and find their delight now in following Jesus as well. 
And so that's the idea, like I said, of, of when glory is born. And this is why we love the idea of cultivating community. Just watching that begin, watching that stir from, from maybe, like I said, sitting back and just observing to asking questions, to wrestling with it, to growing in it, and to becoming fruit bearers themselves, lovers of Jesus, delighters of his presence themselves. And we had a great, um, just a great, I'll end with this, a great chance right before we left, just the Lord's encouragement. You know, we don't always get to see the fruit of our investing in these communities, but the Lord gave us a little glimpse into to that vision that he gave us when, when we first moved out there to see these communities come together and to see our home be a place where that's really fostered and growing even more. Um, so... Uh, I was actually out at a VBS. I got to play Jesus, you know. White guy, beard, robe, it all works. So I was the token Jesus, and uh, we had a special meet and greet time, so I'll be in the foyer afterwards. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. So um, we had this, I was out with that, and Angelica was having some group mates over to study because um, she's in med school, and that's what you do. And she said, what better way? Let's just have some food. Let's invite them to study and eat with us and just spend time in our home and uh, something we try to do often, something we want to continue doing more. And she felt the Lord kind of nudge her and urge her to, to just buy a little more food today. Okay. So she was obedient to the Lord. Good job. Right? Following him, listening to his voice, knowing his voice, becoming familiar with that. Bought a little extra. And then I get a text from some of the girls from the maternity clinic, Glory Born, saying, hey, is it okay if we come over? We just need to talk to Angelica. Some of them were wrestling with some things. And it's like, sure, come on over. So I text her, and hey, there's going to be a few more. She's like, great, I bought more food. The number grew a little more. So Angelica and her classmates are in the kitchen um, cooking. And her classmates, I think one of them is, is following the Lord or beginning that stage. She's kind of in that asking questions and excitement about scripture and the other one is coming from a Muslim background and just kind of new to all this stuff and just kind of watching and observing but there's a hunger stirring. And so the girls are in the couch, the, the studying girls are in the kitchen and cooking and the girls on the couch start playing guitar because I had one sitting out and they just start singing and, and then I get there and so we just keep singing and I watch one of the, the girls set up their iPad and just kind of film it because there's, some, there's something about this. And is it okay, Ate, if we, if we film it? And oh, she's like, of course, it's fine. And so it just became this picture of, of all, all different stages. These who are growing in this, picked up a guitar and starting to learn to worship. And, and those who are beginning to share it, come together. And around the table, we just had a great conversation and just the joy and the presence of Jesus in, in creating a space where people can ask questions. People can come and see what it looks like for God to come and touch lives. And so time and time again, we've seen his strength come through in our weakness. We've seen his presence just blow past anything we thought we could do. Um, When we step out courageously in faith, we recognize his grace. We see it all around. We see his love and his mercy woven into our everyday lives. And so... um, I don't even know how to end it. That's, we'll end it right there. But Lord, we just uh, thank you for this word. But yeah, I just want to encourage us as, as we go forth just to not lose sight of the power of this gospel. I'm going to bring it back to where we started. It's just this gospel is powerful. Don't let it become a cliche. Don't let it become a, a story we've heard over and over again. Cultivate the word of God in our hearts. Tell yourself over and over again what this message is. The question I find myself asking is... 
How is the gospel good news today to this person in this conversation? How is the gospel good news when I step into somebody's home and it's, it's just so much need around it? How is the gospel good news in the dump site? How is the gospel good news in the hospital when you're just trying to take a patient history, right? But what if we ask that question? How is the gospel good news today? for this person, for this situation, and for this community. So let's be a people who reflect the grace, the hope, the truth, the love of God. Let's be communities together that watch and see his glory come in the way that we live our lives, wherever we are, wherever the Lord has placed us. And let's continue to follow Jesus and be a part of the work that he is doing. Let's pray. Our good Father, Woo us again with this gospel. Lord, let your love and passion, our delight in abiding and resting in you, be the spring to which our obedience and our courage flows. God, let us be a people who do reflect your grace, your hope, your truth, your love. Let us be that loving community that points, challenges people to move towards Christ. God, let us experience your blessings, your endless blessings on an everyday. But Lord, let us first just fall more in love with you. Lord, let it teach us how to rest. Teach us how to cease striving and rest in you. Father, to let you do the work in and through us. God, and let your glory come. Let your kingdom come as we sing today. Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, let it be born again, fresh and new in our hearts today. Let us taste, God. Let us see. Let us know how good you truly are. And Father, we thank you for inviting us to be part of the amazing work, Lord, that you are doing all over the earth. In San Gabriel, Los Angeles, Myanmar, Cebu, Lord, all over. We praise you, God. We thank you, Lord, that even the picture of heaven is is a picture of people from every tribe, tongue, nation, worshiping you, adoring you. Lord, we thank you for the promise that someday we have a picture of the glorious ending where the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. Lord, let it be done. Let it be done in our lives and through our lives. Each one of us in this room, we pray in Jesus' name.